Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are listening to The Erin May Henry Show. This is a podcast created to help you to be unapologetically yourself and get paid for it. Here, we talk all about personal branding, online business, social media marketing, and everything in between. And along with serving you some incredible lessons about how to grow your personal brand, we also have some amazing chats with extraordinary entrepreneurs and influencers about how they built theirs. This podcast is going to give you everything you need to know to become known online, grow your influence, impact, and income. So with that being said, let's jump into today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I hope that you are having an absolutely fabulous day. I'm not going to spend too much time on this introduction today because this is quite a long episode, but I've got a little bit something different in store for you. So this is an interview, but instead of me doing the interviewing, it was actually someone interviewing me. So this is actually an episode from Laura Lane Heinrich's Digital Diamonds podcast, where she interviewed me all about, you know, being an entrepreneur, starting a business, starting my journey when I was in university and all about personal branding. And it was such a great chat that I really wanted to bring it to you as well as introduce you to Laura. She is such an inspiration. She's not only a podcaster, she's also a YouTuber, has a business, is a student. She's doing it all and not making one complaint along the way. She really is, you know, hustling hard. And I admire that so much. And I admire all of her positivity and the grind that I see her doing on the internet. She really, truly is out there making her dreams a reality. So I really want to introduce you to her. She's so incredible. So I'm going to leave all of the information to her podcast, her YouTube channel and everything in between down below. But I thought I'd bring you this inspirational chat that we did have all about personal branding. So I hope that you enjoy this episode and make sure you do go check out Laura. Hi, Erin, and welcome to the Digital Diamonds podcast. I am so excited to have you on. Like I'm honestly so excited. <laughs> oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've, uh, I actually keep seeing your podcast pop up because um, I often search personal branding, obviously. Um, and I'm always seeing your podcast popping up in the personal branding search. And I'm like, yay, I love, it. I love seeing it. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So <laughs> that's cool. Well, so if anyone doesn't know you yet, I don't know how someone can't know you yet because like I talk about you all the time. But anyway... Feel free to give us a quick introduction to yourself and also feel free to include some fun facts because I love those. <laughs> fun facts. Okay, absolutely. So hi, everyone. It is absolutely lovely to meet you. I am Erin, or as I go by Erin May Henry online. Um, I'm a personal branding strategist. I help female entrepreneurs who have online businesses, predominantly online service-based businesses, but you know we've got a couple of product clients chucked in there who I just help them become known online. So really just to feel confident, to be unapologetically themselves and to gain the visibility they need to grow not only themselves as a brand, but then also the visibility of their business. I um, pretty much got into this, well, my journey started like you could say four years ago when I decided to start my little old YouTube channel. <laughs> um, funnily enough, when I was a student, so I did start back when I was in uni studying public relations and kind of just grew an audience that way. And then later, as I didn't ever go into the workforce, I started a business straight after uni. I have kind of evolved from there. I first started helping people well, with their social media. And then I started helping people to start businesses. And now I help people to grow their personal brands, as well as still make YouTube videos and have a podcast. That's so cool. Like you just do it all and I love it. So do you have a few fun facts that just came to come to your mind? Yes. So fun <laughs> facts about me. So I am Australian, as you can probably hear. <laughs> I fun fact am actually in the middle of guitar practice while I was practicing before this. I'm just starting Ooh. to learn the guitar, which is something I have always wanted to do my entire life. 
I guiltily love Diet Coke. I know it's really, really bad for you and you shouldn't, (laughs) but I do love it. And what else is fun fact about me? I uh, have tried to learn so many different languages and gave up on them all. I think that's fun. Fun for me anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally fun. Uh, I love it. Actually, my dad plays the guitar for like years so I just uh-huh. thought of it. Like we have a room in our house where like guitars are hanging on the wall. <laughs> I love that. I'm I'm starting with an acoustic guitar, but I definitely want to work my way up to a gold glittery electric guitar and that would, to just be able to shred some Led Zeppelin. <laughs> that would like fit you so well. Like it just fits you. I love it. So um, you said that like straight out of uni, you went into entrepreneurship, which is like hashtag goals like love it and what I was like thinking about have you like like could you tell us about that transition out of uni because I know that at least with my uni like uni kind of prepares you for like the corporate job like yours like oh like when you get a job and blah 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 so because your transition was a bit different like how did your friends family your course mates teachers how did those people like react Yeah, absolutely. So I have never actually really had, you could say, a proper job. When I was working, uh, when I was studying, however, I did work in a corporate business. So the the business itself was a corporate company. I didn't work, I worked in the call center. So that's not a corporate (laughs) job by any means, Um, just part-time while I was studying. But it did kind of prepare me to understand that I never wanted to go into corporate. And I loved my job. Don't get me wrong. I worked for a wine company. um, So they imported, distributed and sold wine all over the country. And I loved it, but I just couldn't see myself having that lifestyle. And I was studying public relations. I really enjoyed it. I actually started studying public relations because I wanted to go into events, but that didn't crack up to what I thought it was going to be either. Mm -hmm. Um, So during my degree, I was pretty much just focusing on just doing the best that I could in the moment, not really worrying about what was going to happen afterwards. I've always been one of those people who just kind of figure stuff out as they go along. (laughs) So I knew something would fall into place. Um, But when I was actually studying, so as I said, I was studying public relations, I started in marketing. So I had a whole background in marketing and then transitioned into public relations. Um, And when I was studying, we were, you know, we had to go to this event one day. I remember it was this PR summit. So it was just a whole bunch of marketing agencies and public relations agencies all over the world. They were coming together for this summit and there were heaps of students from heaps of schools there. And I don't remember much of the day, to be honest, I switched off. It was incredibly boring. <laughs> um, but I remember looking out the window at the, the beautiful Melbourne skyline all day, except for this one speaker who, funnily enough, was from the UK. And he was talking about the future of entrepreneurship and the future. He was, he, you know, this was, gosh, back in 2016, it must have been. No, it must have been way earlier than that. I don't even know. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it was about four or five years ago, four years ago now. Um, and he was talking about how like influencers are going to be a massive thing. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, you must get out and build an audience online. You know, if you want to have anything that's outside of the, the, the normal corporate life, like just build an audience. He just kept talking about building an audience, building an audience. So I took that incredibly literally and thought, well, I'm never going to go into corporate. I need to do something. I need to blaze my own trail. And this guy seems to think that the, the way in which I'm going to be able to do that is by building an audience, right? So I um, jumped online pretty much the next day and started my YouTube channel. <laughs> I had no idea what I wanted to talk about, but I was doing the Kaylee Zenas Bikini Body Guide at the time. So I just thought I'd talk about that. And, you know, it, it bed really well for me uh, as I was... Um, leaving university when I graduated I went and decided that I was going to do social media marketing based on my experience with my YouTube channel and growing a social media growing a community putting out content I've been doing a couple of little jobs on the side for some for some local companies around here so I just thought screw it. I'm going to just start a company. I'm just going to start a social media marketing agency. Um, so, I mean, I'm really lucky in that I was incredibly supported by the people around me. It's, it, I don't have any other entrepreneurs in my family. So, you know, it was like a big scary step to just not go and graduate and get a job like everyone else around me was doing. Mm -hmm. But 
I'm incredibly lucky because I think my family knows me very well and knows that I wouldn't survive or thrive in that kind of environment and they just trusted me. So um, I had a lot of support, which was amazing. And, you know, the social media marketing business did well in the beginning, um, but then I really just along my journey found my true calling in mentoring and helping people to build their brands really. Um, but yeah, the, the community, the community part of it. So doing anything that you can whilst you're still studying, I know, you know, you're not going to have the luxury of being able to work on your business full time. And, you know, you're not going to probably have the time to be putting into really mastering it as much because you do need to focus on your studies, but you absolutely can get out there and build an audience at any stage of life, get out there, build relationships, deliver value to people, you know, put out content just like you are, you know, that's absolutely amazing with the podcast and YouTube channel. If I could give any advice to anyone, it's the advice that I got and it's just start building that audience. Yeah. Like I totally, I totally agree. And I love everything you said. Like, I just so agree. Um, like, I think there are so many benefits of starting a business in uni. Like, honestly, like you said, you, you like don't have like that much time, but then I think you probably have more time than when you like go into a corporate job. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's actually like quite good to like start a business in uni. But anyway, when you then, you know, went into entrepreneurship, you were still young, you didn't have like, like a ton of experience maybe. Have you ever experienced that like business people or like anyone you work with who's maybe older, more experienced, that they don't, you know, take you seriously because, you know, you're like a young woman, just fresh out of uni. And if yes, do you have like any tips on how to deal with that? Yeah, so absolutely. So, I mean, I still have people this day telling me that, like, and I'm going to be 28 this month. So I'm not young by any means. Well, I am 28 is very young, but what I mean is that I still have people these days like telling me I look really young and that I'm too young to be, you know, owning my own business or having a six figure business and all this stuff. And I just think that you just absolutely need to disregard anyone else's opinion. And the, the one thing, whether you're 90 or 19, that's always going to work for you is confidence and just owning the absolute SHAT out of what you are doing. You know what I mean? So if you can just show up and exude confidence and just basically demand people's attention, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how young or baby like your face looks. If you know your stuff and you can talk about it confidently and you can deliver value, then people will take you seriously. So I think that one thing that's always bred well for me is that I always have been very confident. So when I've approached people or pitched to people or, you know, delivered content to people or advised people in any sense, they respect my opinion, not just because of the, the content that's coming out of my mouth or what I'm saying, but how I'm delivering it and how I'm saying that. And I know in the beginning, like I, that, that, that's a tough thing to do because we are insecure and we do have a lot of self-doubt. But if there's one thing that you can work on as being a young female entrepreneur, it's just to build up that confidence. And the only way that you really do that is just by putting yourself out there as often as you possibly can. Because the first time, you know, you go on Facebook Live or you pitch something or you put out a YouTube video or a podcast like, or, you know, be an interview guest on a podcast, it's all going to be nerve wracking, mm -hmm. but that nerves diminishes over time and that confidence will eventually come out. And that's how, in my opinion, you get taken seriously. Yeah, that's awesome. So just going after you know, opportunities, even though you feel really, really scared and really uncomfortable, yeah. but like, obviously that's, um, how you grow, I suppose. So I think that's like a good transition as well to like more now talking about personal branding, because like, obviously how your attitude is, how confident you are at all, you know, kind of is part of your personal brand, right? How you, yeah. um, how you, how is it called? How, like how people see you, perceive you, yeah, yeah perceive you. So, um, but still coming back to like students as well, my question would be when someone is still in uni, a student, how can they use personal branding when it comes to either starting their own business or even if they, you know, don't want to start their own business, but they still want to leverage that power that personal yeah. branding has for, for example, getting internships. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So the good thing is with personal branding and what you'll actually find if you do research on personal branding, so much of it is actually targeted to what we now call the entrepreneur. So people who are wanting to build up their persona, their career, their their reputation within organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the advice that I give and, and, you know, I know that a lot of your audience are uni students, uh, but the advice that I give, I don't think there needs to be any differentiation whether you are in uni or whether you are a seasoned entrepreneur. I think the advice on building your personal brand is going to be the same regardless. And what that is basically is first of all, you really need to think about your reputation. You need to think about how people perceive you. You need to think about how you perceive yourself and figure out from that, how you can differentiate yourself. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs online these days. There's going to be people competing with you for those internship positions. There's going to be people competing with you always. We can't be naive to the fact that whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an employee, it's oversaturated and there's competition. I know we're all girl bosses and we love to support each other. It's all about collaboration and not competition, but that's, you know, you don't want to get to the point where that's naive thinking. You've got to understand that you have to differentiate yourself. And that essentially is the purpose of personal branding. It's how are you making yourself different from the next person? So my, my starting point, the first place I always start to people is a bit of introspection as well as doing a, what I like to call like an interpersonal audit. So those people who are closest to you, figuring out how they perceive you and how can you use that reputation that you have and the way that you feel about yourself to start differentiating yourself. Like what is it about you? And it might be the simplest thing, you know, for you, Laura, it might be the fact that you have this beautiful long hair, like little things like that. It might be the fact that, you know, you with a lot of like glitter and the emojis and the colors you use, that's one of the ways that you differentiate yourself. But I'm sure you didn't fabricate that. That's probably a part of your personality, right? Um, being very colorful and shiny out (laughs) there. So so figuring out who you are and and what kind of makes you you and what makes you unique and how other people perceive you to be unique and then starting at that point. Now, the next part with personal branding is that you have to have a skill. There has to be a, a, a uh, uh, you know, a specialization. There needs to be something that you can be known for, whether you are going to be an entrepreneur, whether you're going to be an employee, whether you're going to go for internships, you have to be good at something. That's the simplest way that I can put it. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're good at something might just be that you have a big, bold personality and you can demand the attention of a room. It might be that you are, you know, the best at public relations. You're really good at, you know, hunting down media opportunities and connecting with journalists. It might be that you are really, really great at speaking. It might be that you're great at coaching health wise or, you know, whatever it may be, whatever is necessary for the decision that you're going for, but be good at what you do. I think there's so many people that are are trying to build a personal brand. They're trying to go for all these internships and build businesses with very surface level knowledge. Like, and this is, this is what I was referring to before being a student. Like you have to give the time to study your craft and get good at what you are branding yourself around. Um, One thing I'd like to mention here, and I think this is really important, especially for young girls is personal branding isn't about you as a whole human being, right? Like it's, 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 it's of who you are. It's, it's a part of you, a persona almost that's built around a skill set that is going to help you to get positions or grow a business and things like that. Like who you are spiritually, mentally in relationships, like, yes, that can all play a part if you're putting yourself out there online, but your personal brand is just, it's a fragment of you. So we don't want to be attaching ourselves so much to our personal brand, even though it sounds crazy because it's obviously built around us, but we got to touch it more around that skill and more around that, 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 that skill and that persona that we're trying to, you know, utilize for our advantage. Yeah. Um, I just think that's really important because then, you know, we don't take things so personally. If we think people are rejecting us personally and our personal brand, that's when it can feel a little emotional, a little heavy on. But when you know someone's maybe just rejecting your skill or something like that, it's not so personal. Um, but yeah, be really, really good at what you do. Get really good at what you do. Study your craft that specialization, just become obsessed with it, learn everything you possibly can about it, know what separates you from other people with your personality, with your interests, with your opinions, with your characteristics, with your values. And then from there is just the putting yourself out there part, which, you know, (laughs) if you've got five hours, we can go into it. But the basic (laughs) advice that I can 
give you on this is just create content, create value for people, whether it's on social media, whether you're advertising, whether you're networking, whether you're marketing, however you're doing it, just creating value for people based on that skill that you are building your personal brand around. Yeah. Oh my God. That answer was like, on point like it was so good and what I just like I actually thought uh, what you said was so interesting that you know when we think of personal branding we maybe as you said think of us as a whole person so when someone rejects us we take it personally but in the end personal branding is about you like your personality in your skill so that's like so interesting I, I love that answer and also something I just want to throw in here because I know that like for me you are so known for like always learning you know always listening to audiobooks always taking courses so just a little question here do you have um any recommendations for you know students who probably can't afford like a an expensive group coaching program or like a, a mentor, a coach? Do you have any recommendations on how like we can still learn to perfect our skills? Absolutely. And, and this is, I'm going to admit something here that not a lot of coaches will admit, but it's just the darn truth really is that all of the information that a group coaching program or a one-on-one -on -one coach is going to teach you It can be found online, right? Yeah. Everything that you're going to learn from a coach, everything that you'll learn in a group coaching program, you can find that online. You could go to a library, you could watch courses like for free on something like Allison or uh, there's plenty of resources out there that are 100% free. The reason why people hire coaches or go into group coaching program is because it saves time. You know, what, what you might take five weeks to learn by searching the internet, a coach could tell you in five seconds and the accountability side of things and the feedback. They are huge for a lot of people and people need them. I need them. That's why I hire coaches. But information-wise, absolutely everything that you're going to hear can be self-taught in a sense. You've just got to have the discipline enough to know that, okay, at this stage, I can't necessarily afford that accountability and that support, but I've got to discipline myself enough to be my own coach. I've got to seek the information and teach it to myself. Um, so, Online is a mess. Like Google is our best friend. Resourcefulness <laughs> as an entrepreneur is something that's going to get you very far. You know, you don't have to know everything, but you've just got to know how to find it out. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing. They're, they're waiting to be told the answers by everyone around them when everything's available to you at your fingertips. If you have a connection to the internet, you know how to type the word Google. So definitely, definitely, definitely be resourceful and you can get so many amazing things. As I said, there's a lot of online platforms that are great for free courses. Allison is a great one. Um, the great courses plus do offer a free trial. There's, you know, heaps and heaps and heaps of amazing audio books. I know that's not free, but you know, 10 to $12 here and there is, is an investment. You could sign up and get the um, free credit monthly, go to a library, go to books, Lots of great resources that you can um, learn about branding. One thing that I would like to mention here as well, though, is I think that a lot of people, when they are trying to master a certain skill or to, you know, learn about personal branding, learning about social media, they're they're looking at what everybody's teaching. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to learn about Instagram, and they 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 go and start thinking about all the people who are doing Instagram courses and stuff as well, like look beyond just the the platform itself or the the primary skill itself and if you can understand the you know the competitive nature in which that skill lives in so not just thinking about learning about instagram but thinking about learning about consumer behavior thinking about learning about behavioral sciences like what are people doing while they're on instagram if you can understand what people are actually doing thinking about learning about trends social media trends growth economics like look beyond the actual just thing that you want to learn about yourself and if you understand like the people that are using it why they're using it the motivations it gives you a lot of better understanding and I think a lot of those platforms like Allison who do not teach about Instagram but teach about you know psychology we're going to get they're actually going to give you a much better understanding of that 
discipline like social media than if you just did, you know, a group coaching program on Instagram or something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm, Totally makes sense. I love this. Like I have to say, um, like for me personally, like I'm super interested in like, um, like all the like psychology and like consumer behavior. And I think, especially if you want to go like obviously into marketing or anything like that, it's so important to know that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think everyone's, you know, so worried about learning about the algorithm or like what the best hashtags are going to be. But when you can really tap into the mind of the person who's sitting there on Instagram, I don't know, I'm just using Instagram as an example, like in, you can really connect with that person emotionally, then you're going to do a lot better than just having a whole bunch of great hashtags. Yeah. That stuff's important, but like go deeper with your research and learning is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And it also makes sense because you never know like those like platforms, how long they're trendy, you know, but if you know yeah. the basics, yeah. um, that's so much more value, valuable as well. Um, but what I loved, um, you said, what did you said something that like, you don't have to know it all, but you have to know how to get it, the information. I have to think of like, uh, I think it was Think and Grow Rich, the book that I read. And he also talked about how like educated people are like not those who know everything, but they know how to get the knowledge without doing any harm. So I, I like, I yeah. just had to like think of that because that's so true. And um, so yeah. then what you talked about in the question before about like how to use personal branding um, for business and internships. And you talked about that it's so important to find something that differentiates yourself from others. Right. And that it for some people it's part of their personality but what I'm wondering is how do you find that like certain thing for yourself if you can't think of it like as a personality trait if that makes sense like how you said about me it's like my hair and my you know um shiny like colors and stuff like when I think of you for example right for you it's like cocktails and like your sequin like blazers and <laughs> that kind of stuff right or like yeah. for for Angie Lee I, I know you love her as well so it's like her her dog or like baby grandma and stuff like those little things that don't necessarily yeah. have to do with your you know skill with your business but with your with yourself I suppose yeah. how can you find that certain thing may may that be like color or I don't know piece of like clothing how can you find that maybe even strategically, if that makes any sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, it's going to be different. And I think this is what trips up a lot of people because there's absolutely no formula for how people are going to perceive you or what is going to make you unique in the eyes of others. And there is also not one particular thing that I could tell a client like, oh, yeah, like, what's your number one personality trait? Because it's not always that either. Just like you said with me, it's like my interests being, (laughs) you know, cocktails and bar scenes and whiskey and things like that. Like a lot of people know me, but just my, 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 not even my fashion sense, but just another interest. I'm very interested in glitter. I always have been. I love <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race and, you know, <laughs> you used to work at Psytrance bars and things like that. So, like, you never know what it's going to be. I don't know if you've ever heard of Kimra Luna. Her style is very almost like uh, alternative, eclectic, spacey and she's got a look that differentiates herself in that sense jenna kutcher is another amazing um coach who's online she does a lot of social media stuff yeah. mm-hmm. she really differentiates herself with her value she talks a lot about body positivity and um you know shares a lot of really vulnerable posts about being you know body conscious and things like that so it, it, it there's there's so many things that it could be and I think that the worst thing that someone could do is try to think their way into figuring it out just start putting yourself out there and maybe get a little bit of feedback from people like what are the how are they perceiving you the bless the best place that you can start is with the people that already know you so just do like a reputation a reputation audit 
ask the five closest people to you if you can sit down with them in a very safe, non-judgmental space and ask them questions like, what do you think my strengths are? What are my weaknesses? What makes me stand out in your eyes? What makes me special in your eyes? What makes me annoying in your eyes? And to start to see if there's any common trends under these people. Maybe there's a part of your personality that you don't even really recognize because it's so close to you but a lot of other people like maybe people think that you're really like dry sarcastically funny and like maybe that's something that you could start doing more maybe you include a lot more jokes or a lot more um like uh, what's the word that I'm looking for here observations you know people who are often quite sarcastic they have Mm -hmm. a lot of observational opinions so maybe that's something that you start including within your branding but it's a very doing motion you have to just be getting out there and having conversations with people and starting to put yourself out there as your 100% authentic self and then you'll find those little nuances you'll find those little things about yourself that other people are receiving really well maybe it's a common compliment that you get or maybe it's a common complaint that you get a lot of people complain about me they generally say I gyrate my hands or move my hands too much. Um, and that pisses a lot of people off. But then a lot of people tell me that, you know, the reason why they listen to me or watch me is because I speak so passionately. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of Europeans say that I remind them of their like uncles and stuff like that. And it's like, I wouldn't be well received by those people if I didn't move my hands as much as I did. So th- th- that's another important lesson in this as well is that you're, you have to have polarity in this distinction like these things that are going to differentiate yourself there is going to be a lot of people who hate it what you're going to do you're going to just rub them the wrong way you know what I mean and that is exactly where you want to be because then those people who are on the other side of that love you you know you can't be that like vanilla ice cream flavor where it's just like in the middle it's like what you're doing is not so bad that it's like not offending anyone, but then it's not so bad that anyone loves it. Like you want to be a chocolate or strawberry on the other sides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's like, like whatever it is about you, just know that some people are going to not like it, but there's going to be people who love it. But it's just really a journey that you go on and that you figure out, first of all, who you are in your own eyes, who you are in the eyes of the people closest to you, and then who you are in the eyes of the audience of the people around you. And this is why authenticity is just so important because we all have unique characteristics and unique opinions and unique values and makeups and traits and quirks. And they're all already a part of us. That's why the best thing about personal branding is you don't have to accumulate anything. It's more of just pulling the things out about you that make you special. And they're already there somewhere. It's, it's extravagizing. That's not a word. (laughs) Extravagizing. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, it's, it's making them bigger than they are essentially. Um, But yeah, just go on that journey. So start, figuring out who you think you are, figure out who the people around you think you are with that kind of safe space audit. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Of the, the, the reputation that you do have, and then just start putting yourself out there and see how you're received by other people and what, what about yourself makes them, you know, makes you memorable to them. Yeah, I love this. And I have to say, like, um, when you said with, like, ask your friends, your family, like, your close environment, I actually did that when I was thinking of a name for my blog, like, when I started blogging, like, a few years ago. I was like, mom, like, when you think of me, what are, like, the first three things that come to your mind? (laughs) And it actually does really help. And it's it's a great idea. And what, what you said with being polarizing, I think that comes back to what we talked about in the beginning with building confidence, right? And so I think that's super important. And I also love with, you know, authenticity. I I love when people share like some random fun things about them because that's really what, you know, makes them stand out. I love that. Yeah. do that. It's so fun. Absolutely. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, so that was super interesting. Also, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Um, if 
like obviously like I tell everyone to subscribe to your podcast right but you did a podcast on like style and how your style influences your personal brand or whether it does so yeah. people should definitely listen to that episode because I love that and you also talked about um Kara from style your mind and I actually like immediately thought of her as well when you were talking about like clothing because that's such a huge part of her brand so yeah absolutely so and, and, and that, that might be the thing for a lot of people that does differentiate them you know you might have a very unique sense of style um but again personal style and personal branding you know it's all just fragments of who you are a lot of people do get personal branding and personal styling and then personal image mixed up you know personal branding is like what you do and how like how you're perceived personal styling is is just what you wear they they're the clothes yeah. that you wear they're, they're, they're how you express yourself with the things that you put on your body and then your personal image is more of you know who you are as a whole as a person so just recognizing the difference between the three but yeah I mean if you are looking for something to differentiate yourself no I don't think it's 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 a good idea to fabricate a style you know what I mean you can mm -hmm. you can exaggerate it I think you know uh, I probably w wasn't wearing gold metallic pants every day before I started <laughs> branding myself in this way but because you know it's, it's a huge passion of mine and they're the colors that I do like if you see a photo of me then you know that's what I'm going to be portraying um but don't it's really hard to upkeep anything I think this is off topic of what we we're just saying but you know don't follow people online and see how they're doing it and go, oh, yeah, there's a small fragment of me that likes, you know, glitter or there's a small fragment of me that, you know, likes yoga. Maybe I'll make that my thing. Yeah. Like take the time to go on the journey and actually find those sustainable things about you that you're not going to have to expand too much yeah. like because they're a current interest. Like you're always going to have to expand these things about you that are going to differentiate. But like don't don't be holding on to anything just because you built a brand around something that you're not necessarily interested in. Yeah, totally. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's also, I wanted to say uh, again, a book that just came to my mind. I finished it yesterday. Um, All Marketers Are Liars by Seth Godin. <laughs> and he also talks about how if you want people to believe your story, you have to live it 100% yourself because yeah. otherwise people won't you know, believe you. So that's like exactly what you said right now, that it doesn't make sense to make something up because you probably won't be able to sustain it. Absolutely. And to, to come kind of even more full circle to what we were speaking about before, about, you know, specifically for your audience who might be studying at the moment um, and trying to build a brand and trying to build credibility, It's so important that you start now and start documenting that journey because as the landscape and the competitive landscape does grow online, specifically for people who are wanting to be in service-based positions online, whether that's like a coach or a freelancer or a consultant of some sort, social credibility is a lot easier to fake these days. I think a lot of people can, you know, write a testimonial and put the picture of their friend or we can all say, oh, I'm doing 70K months and it's just, it's just words on a page really. Mm -hmm. But what can't be trumped is the documentation of your journey. So if you start now and people see the first time you put your first blog post up and the first time you get a client and then when you set, make your first 10K month and people can actually go back and backtrack through that entire development of your brand, of you finding your differentiation, if you're finding your voice, if you're starting that podcast, if you're launching that group coaching program, all of that documentation is the most solid version of social proof that there ever can be you know what I mean so on the, on the pursuit of building a personal brand and building credibility online document everything because that backlog is almost going to be like you know your portfolio when people get a little bit more suspicious and you know aren't necessarily trusting just what they're being told they want to trust what they can see and I think that's a really great way to do that Yeah, I love that. That's that's like an actual like a really really good point that it adds so much credibility because people can like they are on the journey with you, which is um, yeah. really powerful. So, let's say someone like who listens, they're like, "Okay, okay, like okay, this was like my shot, now I will start." So, 
if you walk, like, I, I love those questions, right? If someone asks them on an interview, so I want to ask you that as well. If you woke up tomorrow and you have to start all over again with, you know, building your personal brand, you had nothing, what would your first steps be? So my first step is I would decide so specifically on the kind of one thing that I want to be known for. So the way that I like to explain like growing online with your niche and with your business and your brand is just like an upside down triangle. The more specific you start, the easier it is for you to get out there. And then as you grow, you can expand who you target, what you talk about, what your business does and all of that. So the first thing I would do if I woke up tomorrow is I would sit down And I would think about, okay, so what is the one thing I want to be known for? Do I want to be known for personal branding for hairdressers? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I would go even more specific than personal branding. Do I want to be known for someone who makes really raunchy candles or something? I don't know. I'm just looking at, I've got some damselfly candles here. It's like namaste, (laughs) bitches. Um, Anyway, so I would, I would figure out that what that one thing was. And then I would make a list of everything that I needed to learn about that. And I would start learning. I would then do those exercises that we spoke about before about like my personal branding. I would start thinking about how I wanted to represent myself online, what was going to make me stand out coupled with this specialization that I have already chosen. And then I would assess based on my assessment of myself and, you know, the research I do with people around me and then the, 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 the specialization that I've chosen, those two coupled together, I would think about the audience who they are, who's going to receive or need this product. And I would then choose an outlet. So is a podcast going to be better for me? Is a YouTube channel going to be better for me? Like this product or service or this specialization that I'm thinking about, does it need demonstration or can I talk about it? You know, am I going to focus on Facebook Live? I would really think about where I was going to start focusing my efforts into And then I would just start this cycle. This is the cycle. This is the golden nugget. Whatever I learn, I would start teaching it in my personality or how I differentiate myself. I would sprinkle everything that I've learned with that. And then I would put it out there onto that platform. I think people are overcomplicating what they need to do a little bit. It's, it's, document your your learning process say hey guys i just did this course it's really amazing sprinkle all of that uniqueness over it and then deliver it to people in the beginning it's very much curation and then you'll start coming up with your own you know innovations and ideas and different ways and different perspectives and new ideas but in the beginning it's probably going to be you relaying a lot of information and people are scared to do that they think they're copying but you give it as an opinion rather than you teaching something you know profound that you've made up yourself then people appreciate it regardless because you save them time in finding it out themselves. So I would just start growing my audience in that way, just learning stuff, teaching it, sprinkling it with my uniqueness. And then, you know, after I'd gain a little bit of momentum, I would start thinking about how I could monetize that. You know, do I need to start a course? Do I need to start a service? Well, depending on what it is that I'm, you know, building this business around that specialization that I've chosen, I would think about how to monetize that. But I would build the audience first. Yeah, that's so cool. I love it. It's it's like, obviously, um, that's also what I always say that, you know, niche is power everywhere. It doesn't matter whether it's in business or on YouTube, <laughs> you have to go narrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, like my next question, you kind of already answered. I wanted to ask like, what platform or what outlet do you see most potential for um, for the future? So for anyone who wants to start now, like what... Yeah platform what outlet would you say this may be really really like that has a lot of potential yeah I mean I always say the same thing to my clients there's two things that need to be considered when you are choosing a platform and one is a little bit more important than the other the two things you got to think about is where is your audience right if you are creating products for mums And busy mums who are extremely stressed out, the only time that they are online is when they do a quick scroll through Facebook to check what all the other mums are doing. Um, and But you're like over doing something on Snapchat. You just like you're not in front of your audience. You're not going to be saying your business will not be successful. So you have to be where your audience are. You've got to think about who your audience are. Are they dreamers? Are they people trying to build their houses, you know, and they're going to be on Pinterest? Are they artistic people who are getting inspiration and creativity from 
others and they're on Instagram. Are they, do they have enough time to watch YouTube videos? You know, a lot of students watch YouTube videos. A lot of people who are in a corporate nine to five, they commute. So they're listening to podcasts. So really, really, really sitting down and thinking about, okay, so this is what I want to do. Who do I need to be speaking to and where are they? Where are they hanging out? Because if they're not there, then you're going to be speaking out to the void and no one wants to do that. But on top of that, you have to choose the platform that's going to help you to express yourself most appropriately. You know, if you figured out with this introspection and with your reputation analysis that, you know, your personal style was going to be a huge part of this, then, you know, just having a podcast is not going to be able to represent that most effectively because people need to see you. So really thinking about like, are you a great speaker? Are you really great on camera? Is what you're actually doing, your specialization, super creative? Maybe you're sewing. Like you need to be to show that off. You need to be on YouTube. So I think it's just about figuring out where your audience is and how you're going to shine. You know, that's, that's your whole thing, <laughs> the shining part of it. It's like, where <laughs> are you going to shine the most? And then being there as often as you possibly can. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you said um, as well, because I, I think a lot of, you know, um, coaches, consultants, blah, they just say that you need to choose the platform where your uh, audience is on, which is like obviously essential. Yeah. But what you said, choosing a platform that complements your style, your your maybe your personality, your style of teaching, if you want to teach, I think is so so essential um so that that's definitely um great advice and would you say that for the beginning one platform is enough or two or it depends so yeah so just i've got i'll say something on that in a sec but something i think is really important as well is that like just what you were saying a lot of coaches are like just be where your audience is but the biggest problem that I see so many people facing is consistency. Like they, they're being inconsistent with their content yeah. creation. And the reason because of that is because there's resistance. It's hard, right? Like fear aside for a second. The reason why there's a lot of resistance a lot of the time is because we're just not really enjoying what we're doing because, you know, we're, we, we got told by a coach or something that we need to be on Pinterest and we hate graphic design and creating all these Pinterest pins and things like that. Of course, we're not going to be consistent because we hate it. You know, this is all supposed to be fun. If it's not fun, go get a job. Like it's way more secure and less risk and less work at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like entrepreneurship is really hard. So you need to be enjoying what you're doing. So along with finding the place that, you know, you, you shine the most, like just find the pace that, like, that you shine the most because you are able to express yourself the best because you're going to have a lot more fun doing that. Yeah. Um, but when I, when you are starting, yes, absolutely. So I always suggest is like one primary social platform, one primary rich content platform. So rich content being your blogs, your podcasts, your YouTube channels, or your videos, and then obviously your social media that does surround that. I, I would say start with less. The goal is obviously to expand, to be everywhere, but we don't have the time to do that. I think, well, a lot of people say that they don't have the time to do that. Um, at, when you've got a team, it's probably a lot easier to do that. But in the beginning, to make it easy for yourself, yes, absolutely. So start with one form of rich content and then one social platform for community growth. Yes, that's that's a really, really good strategy, I have to say. And also what you said, I totally agree with. You have to really like the platform and not just do it because, you know, I don't know, someone told you to. And something that came to my mind, I think that's a great thought to like end as well on is um, like Casey Neistat, obviously like huge content creator, huge role model for so many people when it comes to like video creation. I watched, was it an interview or one of his videos? I can't remember, but he said as well that don't like always think about your audience. Also think about what feels good to you and what you love to create. And that's how you create this really like outstanding content. Obviously he's not like targeted towards like, may, uh, like creating a business, building a business, but still like finding something that you really, really, really love to create because then it also adds so much, like it, the content just gets so much better, right? 
<laughs> Absolutely. Honestly, it's so much more, it's such a, it's so much more of a fluid process when you actually like what you're doing. And, you know, there's so many ways that like you can get into the right, you know, flow or the right state and all of that stuff to create amazing content from your intuition and your gut. But I think at the end of the day, if you're just having fun, like people feel that people want to have fun with you. Like if you're getting on a Facebook live and it it really feels like you don't want to be there or that, you know, you just did it because you had to schedule it in or you're trying to convert, people can feel that. Or if you get on there and you're like genuinely just want to hang out with people and teach some cool stuff because you love talking to people and you love being (laughs) live with people, they're going to feel that as well. And at the end of the day, going back to the whole like differentiating yourself, like people are very receptive to yes, authenticity, but also people that are just having a good time. Like I know that sounds so basic, but at the end of the day, like we gravitate towards people who just look like they're loving life. And if you're forcing yourself to do anything, you're not going to be loving life. So, you know what I mean? Just enjoy it. Like find the places that you enjoy and just have fun. Totally, especially on social media, I think, because people are there to, you know, hang out and be social and yeah, be social, have fun. So it's just so important and it will be more fun. It will bring you further and it's just essential. So I love that we mentioned that as well. I think that also like kind of it doesn't put that much pressure on you if you just create what you love, obviously with being strategic and with all of the things we mentioned but putting the content creation love first (laughs) so that's absolutely yes (laughs) that's a great um saying to end on so I just wanted to ask you do you want um to tell my um listeners where they can connect with you because I mean obviously like guys you all have to follow it (laughs) you just have to (laughs) Absolutely. So, I mean, you can find me pretty much anywhere on social media under Erin May Henry. I'm yeah on Facebook, Instagram. The podcast is the Erin May Henry Show, and YouTube is Erin May Henry. You can come hang out with me for some cocktails and business chat on YouTube, or some personal branding, in-depth topics on the podcast. I love that. And you also have to join Erin's Facebook group because it's like it has become, I think, my favorite Facebook group now. Oh, thank you. I love all of your (laughs) posts. They they bring, I must say, this is, they bring a lot of color to the group. (laughs) Yes. I love my colorful, like, I just love colors. I don't know. So, so fun. So, um, thanks so, so much. Um, My absolute pleasure. Being on the podcast. Oh my God. It was amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. So that is it for today's episode. I really hope that it was helpful for you and that you took away some key information about how you can grow a profitable and memorable personal brand online. If you have not already, I would very much appreciate it if you would leave me a review on iTunes if this podcast helped you in any way. And of course, come hang out with me either on Instagram at Erin May Henry or in the May Collective Facebook group. Now, go out there and become known online. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.